2: Hello and welcome to The Game Podcast from The Times. I'm Natalie Sawyer. And
3: I'm Gabriel Marcotti and we thank you for joining us on this fine Thursday morning. Now in the studio with us, I'm excited because The Times Chief Stats Officer, Mr. Bill Edgar, is back. And down the line, we'll be hearing from the Chief Football Writer at The Times, Mr. Henry Winter. Later on, we'll also be hearing from Martin Ziegler about Arsene Wenger.
2: But we start with the title race and Manchester City are top of the Premier League for the first time in two months after a 2-0 victory over Everton at Goodison Park. It is five wins out of six for the champions in 2019 as they go top on goal difference. Uh, Henry, you were there seven days ago. Liverpool missed the chance to go seven points clear of City. Psychologically then, how big a week has this been for Guardiola and City?
4: Well, it's been a huge week, but it won't surprise them because there is a, a resilience that comes from being champions. There's a determination that comes from, as they've been saying, looking around the dressing room and just seeing winners in there. And you just saw last night at Goodison, the goals, you know, end of each half, they scored, they keep going. Every second counts, injury time or other time. They seem to be doing Fergie time.
2: When we think back to the Liverpool game as well, Henry, City have shown they can grind out a result of late. How important is Fernandinho for that task?
4: Well, he's really important. I mean, you could see at Goodison the way that he was disrupting um, Everton moves he eventually got booked to the delight of the Goodson crowd who have been calling for about 60-70 minutes that Fernandinho was doing these little slide tackles disrupting it. and then he's got this ability to make the foul which is probably just this side of a yellow card eventually he gets done almost on a sort of totting up versus which he did last night but he has this ability to leave the scene of the crime just so easily you sort of you see him there making the, uh, the, 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 the challenge creating the foul disrupting the move and then, within a second, so the referee is looking around. Fernandinho is in a different postcode. He's very, very clever like that. I think referees are beginning to realise. But look, every team needs a Fernandinho, and I think he's one of the most important players in the uh, in the in the league, probably in Europe.
2: Well, City took their tally of goals this season to 114 in all competitions. Uh, that means they have scored 101 goals more than the bottom club, Huddersfield. Bill, that's quite extraordinary.
5: It is, and uh, Huddersfield uh, slightly to blame for that, of course. Getting no goals in the Cups, knocked out the first time, and they're on course for the the worst goals per game uh, in any league division in history. But, of course, Man City um, probably uh, contributing more. And, yes, time and again, they've, they've hit uh, five or six. I think they've hit six or more five times this season already in all competitions, which is pretty amazing. Yes, um, it's also...
3: I mean, you mentioned Huddersfield going out of the cup competition.
5: Yeah, oh, yes. City
3: also play in the Champions League. City have it's... played a
5: lot more games. To yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, just clearly. to be clear <laughs> Yeah, that. yeah,
3: yeah. And they've played an extra game in the league. Huddersfield have a game in hand. They could, they could, <laughs> oh, it could all change. They could close the gap a little bit.
5: <laughs> they could. In fact, I think Man City, uh, five seasons ago in 2013-14, when they won the league, they uh, won the League Cup as well, good runs in the other competitions. They, uh, they scored 155 goals that season and they're now on 114, so, so they need 42 to beat that. And they've got, uh, I think, a minimum 16 games left, probably between 20 and 25.
2: Well, next up for City is the visit of Chelsea on Sunday at the Estihad. Maurizio Sarri's men were the first team, of course, to beat City in the Premier League this season. Now, Gab, of course, they boast a front line of Higuain and Hazard. So what kind of game are you expecting?
3: Well, first, I we wanted to go back to because I don't think this was a great performance from City. Is this, I mean, we're going to talk about Liverpool later and how they've had a dip in performance, not just results. But is there a tiny dippy dip in, in dip-y City dip. as well? <laughs> I like a dippy yeah, dip. Yeah, just a little <laughs> tiny one, Bill.
5: I'm not sure there's too much I thought they were and they weren't great just, they like were kind of like control cruise yeah, control. I think, think they were a bit unlucky they didn't deserve to lose to Newcastle I mean, they weren't great but they certainly didn't deserve to lose last night they were, it wasn't their best performance but a two goal win was, was deserved and I thought they were excellent against Arsenal um, I don't think they're falling away too much or, or if at all in the past three or four games um, Is it a case I, that if Everton weren't so pants that well it was, they would have they just raised their game if they yeah, had, like, I really think, I think the, the, the atmosphere was so strange last night that uh, it was just flat because Everton fans knew that if Man City won it would, uh, it would hinder Liverpool's chances of winning the league so for Everton, most Everton fans that would be a good thing it just seemed a bit half-hearted I mean it if it push came to shove, and I presume all, all Everton fans, or most of them, wanted Everton to win, but they, they, their heart didn't seem in it. So, so when, when you know, a counter-attack started, Everton on, Everton on the break, you'd expect a huge roar. It just wasn't there. It was quite strange. Now, whether that had an effect on the, the team, I don't know. The team was certainly trying as hard as, as possible.
3: Chelsea, by nature, under this manager, are a very proactive team. City are also a proactive team. I know that out there there's the usual people are going to be like, well, just, you know, like uh, go and uh, uh, press Jorginho and then they're done. People have worked it out, you know, and, and play, con- you know, the usual idiocy that a lot of people say. I wonder if to some degree City are kind of pacing themselves and that maybe in this game they sort of approach it as like, you know what, we don't need to go and take the game to the opposition. Let's let them press us high on the pitch a little more than perhaps we normally would. And then, you know, let's unleash Sane and Sterling and, and and whatnot at the other end. I thought it was interesting that Aguero started last night because I would have thought maybe you're keeping Aguero for Chelsea. But then I thought, you know what? Maybe you want Jesus' legs in there because maybe there's a again, I'm not I'm not suggesting that Pep's gonna go there and park the boss because he doesn't do that. But maybe we'll see a slightly more conservative approach since you know that Chelsea are going to try to press you high up the pitch. You also know that when Chelsea don't get their movements right on the, on the movement, on the press high up the pitch, that's when you've got you know people running at Jorginho and David Luiz in, in, in space and, and that's when problems really, really arise. So I think that, that might be the blueprint that we see here and I think also if Pep does adopt that blueprint, it almost gives them the luxury in the League Cup final to play in a totally different way because obviously these teams play each other again on the 24th mm-hmm. of, uh, of February at Wembley
2: So Bill, when we look back to the victory for Chelsea over City in December that came with what less than 40% possession mm. with what Gab's saying are you expecting something similar on Sunday?
5: Um, yeah, I guess as, as Gab said Chelsea weren't deliberately set out to sit back you wouldn't imagine but Man City will set out to, to hog the ball as much as possible um, there is a danger in pushing on to Edison, pushing forward and pressing on to Edison. A couple of times last night against Everton, Man City were just able to uh, work the ball around the back. And after a few passes, the, the space opened up for a City player in midfield, pinged up to him and immediately on a dangerous counter-attack. So, so you can see the reason why they do pass the ball around the back. It's not just for, for show, although I'm sure Edison does enjoy uh, Showing off a bit, but it, it can be very effective. They can have a dangerous attack within ten seconds. I mean, Chelsea will take a lot of confidence from that victory over City in December. For me, I mean, I watched every City game. I think that's the only game they've deserved to lose this season in the uh, in the league. So City will be worried. On the other hand, at home they are, you know, one step up uh, even more. And it, interestingly, Gab said they might implying might sort of city might sit back a little bit wait to you know to pounce, uh they've scored in the first half in every uh home game this season in all domestic games, so uh it'll be interesting to see we, you know I wouldn't be surprised
2: if they did it again and Henry, if we just touch upon everton, they've conceded nineteen goals from set pieces this season, the most in the Premier League, and Marco Silva said after the game that he didn't want to talk about it. Uh, how much do you sense he's feeling the pressure? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, I was listening in that press conference last night, and he said, "Listen, we've got to do something about it." They got slightly pricky about it, and understandably, because ultimately, it's it's his responsibility because he's got to drill all these players, like George Graham did with Arsenal, like all the, the good managers do. So either the players are not listening to him, they're not concentrating, or they just need stronger work in uh, stronger work on it. You know, it's not that they've got. Short back line. There, you've got Michael Keane. you've got Kurt Zuma in there yeah, as well. Pickford's normally pretty commanding goalkeeper. So, it, you know, it is it is a real concern because actually, it was. I mean, it was frustrating for Everton fans last night because they they played really well. I mean, they weren't getting too many uh, shots on target or headers on target. To to, to worry Edison. But There was a sort of bite in midfield. Tom Davis was good. Calvert Lewin played up front in a four-one-four-one formation, and, uh, and I actually think there was a bit of pride in the performance. And I think Everton fans went away saying, "Listen, we're playing against one of the best teams in Europe. It was always going to be difficult, and we didn't get embarrassed."
2: This season, with your subscription to The Times and the Sunday Times, you can watch every highlight and every goal from every game in the Premier League. It's just £8 for an eight-week trial. Now, every Thursday at thetimes.co.uk, our very own Bill Edgar provides 11 trivia teasers for you. And here is one for you on this podcast. The leading two Premier League scorers this season are African, Mo Salah of Liverpool and Egypt and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang of Arsenal and Gabon. Uh, the top two scorers in the 2006-07 season were also both African. That was Chelsea's Didier Drogba. But who was the other one? Cab?
3: Was it Emmanuel Adebayor?
2: oh that's a good shout. That's a very good shout. Was it? I can't even think. <laughs> so long ago. Well, you just think
3: back. I mean...
2: So you have Ivory Coast. I'm trying to think of the other countries in Africa. Uh, oh. Nigeria, go on. Oh, oh have you got Was it, it? No, no,
3: no, I don't know. I don't know, but everybody forgets him all the time. He's played for a bunch of English clubs totally overlooked played for Everton too do you know who I'm going with this played for Portsmouth Yakubu
2: uh, Oh,
3: not,
5: not Yakubu <gasps> not
3: Adebayor oh, it was either a or you would have reacted yeah
2: I know he was just but, but so always yeah. I yeah. know you built up to that and then no stick around until the end of the podcast and that's when we'll find out the answer
3: Okay, so it's not Yakubu then <laughs> I, I, I still like my Adebayor show
2: City had the chance to go top due to Liverpool's failure to beat West Ham on Monday night. It was a second draw in a row for Jurgen Klopp's men, who've won just two of their last five. Uh, Henry, if they fail to beat Bournemouth at Anfield on Saturday, does a wobble threaten to become a collapse?
4: Well, I mean, it's been a a bad few weeks for them, with the two draws on the spin and Manchester City picking up steam. And. What Manchester City has, they've got the experience. They've been there before, whereas a lot of Liverpool players haven't won a title before, certainly not with the club, and the club haven't won it for 29 years. But like you've got an experienced coach in, in Klopp who's won obviously two titles in, in Germany. And I mean, the Manchester City fans, who were absolutely brilliant last night, Goodison, their support was total from before the first war. I mean, any suggestion of Manchester City not being... At it, you know, their fans certainly were, the players were, but but by the end they were singing Jürgen's cracking up after his criticism of the referee at West Ham United uh, the other night, Monday night. But um, well, I think Klopp's an manager. I mean, just because we see all the sort of you know, the emotional individual on the, uh, in the technical area bouncing around, he's a pretty, you know, there's ice in the veins. He's quite he's got a sports scientist. So look, you know, I'm sure he'll calm things down. But I actually think it's also a time for Virgil van Dyke, the leaders in the dressing room. Jordan Henderson, who not everyone's crazy about but I I think he's really important individual interesting particularly at times like this he's a quiet leader so just to sort of calm things down a bit but what Liverpool needs is Trent Alexander-Arnold back because it's not just his ability as a right back he gives them such attacking balance with Robertson on the left he allows um, Salah to move more inside and play further up because Alexander-Arnold is almost like a, a winger at times the way he plays so they need that
2: pace they need that energy and they need to get him fit again Gab, to what extent do you think fatigue is a factor here with Liverpool?
3: Fatigue's a factor. Injury's a factor. But, like I said, Liverpool haven't played consistently well. You know, we remember games where they played really well, like um, like obviously the City game, which, which, of course, they lost. But they haven't, I think they really haven't played consistently well since earlier in the season. And you look back at these games, they were terrible against West Ham, I thought and probably deserve to lose that game. Bill's nodding, so I know he's in agreement. (laughs) The Leicester game, maybe a draw was, was a fair result in the end. The Brighton game, they won, but I also think it could have easily been a draw. The Palace game was a cluster mess. I mean, it was complete chaos. Palace were lucky, but then Liverpool, was it two or even three of their goals were deflected? This is not a good situation to be in, and on top of that, they have injuries. And it's not as if these performances are all down to injuries. I mean, people are saying like, why did they let Nathaniel Klein go? Well, they let Nathaniel Klein go because they obviously needed to clear some salary. He probably wanted to play regularly. They figured that they didn't, you know, that Trent Alexander-Arnold would be back. Joe Gomez would be back. Fabinho's played right back before. Milner's, it's obviously his choice for right back. Not particularly impressive in the last couple of games. But they also have those injuries in midfield. And that, I think, is is also is also a big issue, certainly in the last game, because Wijnaldum and Pry Henderson as well, either one of those guys, I think we would have seen a different midfield.
2: What about, uh, just as another factor as well, That they went on a warm-weather training camp. They were, didn't play for 11 days. Does momentum have any issue to do with this as well? Gab, you're looking at me with a wry smile.
3: <laughs> I think I mean, I'll leave it to Bill, because he's a lot more metaphysical and not really into numbers and facts than <laughs> I am. <laughs> But I think momentum, motivation, this kind of stuff is the sort of stuff that people, when they can't explain things, that they rely on. I think it's kind of been proven. There's no such thing as momentum. Now, there is a mindset. There could be more realistic reasons. Like, for example, if they went to their warm weather training and they had a whole bunch of very physically hard two-a-days with the intention of topping up their physical fitness for March, April and the stretch run and whatever – then that could be a factor. But they didn't look that much slower out there or less sharp. They just looked less good.
5: Yeah, I, I think it might be worth sort of revisiting the um, the, the transfers. In, in the summer, everybody, lots of people said that Liverpool have had a great summer. The, the signings look perfect and they're set for a... Title charge. Okay, they were they were right to say they, they have had a title challenge. Um, while obviously Van Dyke has been uh, great, signed last January, and you could say that wasn't that difficult because he proved himself in the Premier League. He was already just about the best centre back in the Premier League at Southampton, um, and of course they paid a, had to pay a world record fee for a defender to get him. Uh, Alisson has done extremely well in goal, but uh, Fabinho and Cater, There was this kind of assumption that they were would inevitably. Do well, um, but you always have to be cautious when players are coming into a different league. And certainly, they've they've struggled a bit. So when uh, Henderson has been off and uh, Wine Aldam off, and they, they've come in, it's you know they've it's really brought the team down quite a bit. Uh, not least against West Ham when they were. Were very poor. It, letting Klein go, um, yes, yeah, certainly in retrospect, that was a bad decision. I mean, he, he'd really fallen down the pecking order. And I remember three months ago thinking, what has happened to him? I know he's he had a lot of injury. For, he was out for like a year. Yeah, but he, mean, really, then he comes
3: back, he plays a couple games badly, yeah. and then all of a sudden, because of the injury, all of a sudden it seems, you know, they make it seem yeah. as if yeah, so, I mean, you know, they just like George Best go, you know. Yeah,
5: I mean, exactly. I mean, he, he'd really kind of not, you know, he was almost a forgotten player, but. But if you count Gomez as being a backup to Alexander-Arnold, then that means that centre-back is vacant, you know. And, uh, and, uh, you know, are you convinced Matip or Lovren are good enough to step in?
3: Um, Lovren, who... Played in a World Cup final and a Champions League final in the space of a couple months. That that Lovren,
5: yeah, that Lovren, yeah, okay. yeah. But it's a team game, so <laughs> you can, um, so I don't know. I, I I'm not so sure about him as a title-winning player being able to step in. But he's uh, obviously very good. But uh, you know. Um, but overall, Liverpool haven't had too many injuries. But certainly, they're out of the cups. Know. They're, yeah, that's a they're huge not going to be fussed. I yeah. think mm.
3: if they go out of the Champions League, which is entirely possible. Obviously, they're, they're playing Bayern. Yeah. At that stage, you got one game a week. I mean, surely the squad is mm. big enough to have the bodies in there. And obviously, if City raise their game, you know, maybe you still don't become champions. But I don't know that you can really fault Liverpool for for that. I, to no, me, it's a
5: minor thing. I bet I, I agree that. Only I can see them losing to Bayern. Man City will probably beat Schalke. City have got the League Cup final. They'll probably beat Newport in the uh, FA Cup Ooh, fifth round. Not sure about that one. Oh, you Newport are consistently play above themselves in the cup. I agree, especially at home. But uh, you know, so so City are going to be playing a lot more games. So uh, uh, that will help Liverpool. I mean, it helped Liverpool in 2013-14 when they stayed the course for so long. When I, I don't think they were in Europe that season and they didn't go very far in the domestic cups either. So that's, that's a big uh,
4: big plus for Liverpool still.
2: And Henry, you mentioned it's been 29 years since their last title. There is more pressure on Liverpool, isn't there?
4: I mean, I personally, I quite like seeing the, the title sort of rotated, you know, go round other people. It's, it's more interesting from a... You know, uh, a, a narrative. I think it's better for for the image of the, the Premier League if it gets if, if more teams win it. Um, Twenty nine years is a long time. I think the fans so far have been pretty patient. You don't get that sort of that nervy feeling that you you, you can get. I think they've probably learnt the club, if not necessarily all the individuals, because it was a different lot from you know the, the, the Gerard slipsies and you know we go again and all that stuff. I think there's they're keeping things a bit more in-house, all that sort of the, the possibility. And they really are the old cliche of taking it game by game.
2: Liverpool have a very difficult week coming up at the end of February. They go to Old Trafford, then they host Watford, then they go to Goodison for the Merseyside derby. Gav, that could be uh, quite defining for them, couldn't it?
3: Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think we'll, we'll know a lot more, I think, after the United game. I, again, look, I mean, I was saying this when... You know they'd won all those games in a row. That I don't think the performances were great, and I think it's frustrating for him when, you know, you've got key men out, and in a game like the one we saw the other night, Vinaldom, I go back to him and and Henderson become key men for that midfield. It'll be pretty big how they react this weekend because they're playing a team on paper that's incredibly up and down, as we saw. You know, whoop Chelsea, then get whooped yourself, and but it is exactly the kind of sort of smallish mid-table team that of late has created problems for me you know they're that sad about how they hadn't dropped any points uh, against teams outside the top six until they played Leicester yeah but they put in a lot of bad performances I thought against teams outside the top six
5: they deserve to lose to Huddersfield don't forget in the start of December which uh, which is extraordinary Given how bad Huddersfield yeah, are.
3: So, if you chuck in the games that they could have, yeah, but that was his mate, Wags. Maybe he's doing right. But look. <laughs> but no, but if you chuck in, you know, if you chuck in games like that, right? Huddersfield, Palace, I think Brighton, too, frankly, you know, I think there's a bit of a pattern emerging. And it'll be, I'd be really interesting to see how Jurgen Klopp plays this.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: As Martin Ziegler reports in The Times this morning, Arsene Wenger could be set to return to football within the next month. Wenger's only involvement in football has been as a pundit since leaving Arsenal last May after 22 years in charge. Martin Ziegler joins us now. And Martin, he has a few offers on the table, doesn't he?
6: Yes. Yeah, so, um, from what I understand, speaking to people close to him, he's got four, four concrete job offers. Um, none of them from clubs with England. He, he's not. Uh, he doesn't feel it, it would be respectful to Arsenal to go to another Premier League club. So, yes, th- this is um, abroad. We know one is a director of football job at Paris Saint Germain, and one's a national team job, and uh, the two others also from other two other club jobs. So. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, I think feeling a bit. Uh, you know, he got itchy feet. He's not enjoyed not being involved on a day-to-day basis, and um, from what I understand, he is going to be returning to uh, football in some capacity within the next month.
2: Director of football role there, Gab. D- does he fit that for you?
3: I mean, if you're going to redefine the role, and maybe in some ways, I, I think. Big part of director of football is buying and selling and contracts and stuff like that. And while he was obviously heavily involved in that aspect at Arsenal, there were other people who ultimately did the numbers for him. Right, his friend Dick Law and and obviously Ivan Gazidis. Uh, and PSG already have a guy there in Ontario, Enrique, who you know they went out of their way to get and entrusted with a lot of responsibility. And I'm not saying it's not it's not realistic. Wenger remains a very big name. PSG have certainly, you know, he has a flat in Paris, virtually like five minutes away from the Parc des Princes. PSG have shown a lot of interest in him in the past. They may, you know, just having him on board because he's such a popular figure uh, in, in, in some quarters would help the club. But, I mean, from there to say that, you know, he could say yes and walk into those jobs tomorrow, I don't think we're, we're, we're quite there yet.
6: Speaking to people close to him, it, it, what he really liked is actually the day-to-day involvement with players. He liked being out on the training pitch. Um, He liked planning tactics. Um, So I'm not quite sure that's a great fit for him. I mean, I think some people are trying to persuade him that he needs to take a step back from the hurly-burly of club management. Um, And actually, you know, he he should consider this as a a way of being involved in the game without the sort of pressures and the low job security of club management.
5: Just wondering about... um, uh, a possible national team that Wenger might uh, join or might get offers from. The African Cup of Nations is uh, this summer, 24 teams uh, in it. They've not even uh, finished the qualification yet, but uh, I imagine you might not mind that, say, as work on it for a nation for five months and then, after, then in the new season uh, join a club. Um, certainly, French are very popular. I think there are nine French managers of. Uh, African nations at the moment, so uh, you know he fits the bill in that sense. So.
6: I, mean, I, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I think it'd be, I think it's something he's a challenge he's never had. So maybe he he thinks this is something he could he could try. Perhaps I know he was heavily linked with the Qatar national team. They've just won the uh, the Asia Cup, so I wouldn't imagine they're in any particular hurry to change their coach at the moment. Um, so, but I, yes, I think it's certainly a possibility.
2: So, Gab, where do you think he, he will land? Will it be club or international management? I have
3: no idea. I'm not sure he's necessarily... Um, I think he's such a football guy, such a sort of day-in, day-out routine thing that he might personally st- struggle or find a transition to international management that's a little bit more difficult. Um, I know certainly having spoken to other people who've, who've kind of done both... You know, you find yourself sort of, okay, so you go to the, watch the game at the weekend, but then you can't do anything about it. And then, you know, on Monday, you watch videos. Tuesdays, you have meetings. Wednesday, you sit around and you're literally like, okay, what do I do now? You know, like, it's a very, it's a very different experience. But then in other ways, when it comes to working with what he has available to him, Wenger would probably be a better fit or be a good fit as an extra team manager. Um, I I don't know. I I think, I thought I would miss him more, to be perfectly honest. Maybe maybe it's because I find Emery, I find what he's doing very interesting. And the challenges that Rosson faces, you know, Sven Mislintat, you know, escaping from the club with his sandals and his his hair. (laughs) Um, And Gazitis, of course, leaving the club before that. You know, I, I find that Arsenal storyline really, really compelling and interesting, whereas with Wenger, it was an interesting storyline, but it was the same storyline for, for a decade.
2: Well, Martin suggests in the article that Wenger is finding life out of work difficult. Henry, he is a true football obsessive, isn't he?
4: I mean, it was just, having been in an event with, with Wenger the other day, when he got, a couple of months ago, when he got an LMA award, he stood up on stage and he said, listen, this is, I miss this, I miss the training ground, so look he he, he he loves it football is his life you know there's he's, you know, he's got he's got great pride in his daughter who's going on to become a vet, but his passion is is football. I remember when it was I think it was his sixtieth birthday and there was a press conference at London Colney and about five or six of us talked to him and the end and said, "Come on, Arsenal, how are you going to go and celebrate you know you're going to the West end you're going to the museum, you're going to the theater you're going to the opera what are you going to do And he said no, no, no I'll stay at home because there's a quite important um, Bundesliga second division game going on in Germany and I said oh come on Arsenal! Awesome. you've got to go and you, know, you can't be that obsessed with football you know it's a big birthday take the night off I said no no no! I must watch this game it's very important but for you to keep you happy I'll put some candles on top of the television.
7: Hi there and welcome to The Sweeper the Times' fantasy football tip service. We're into game week 26 not long to go. I'm Charlie Scott joined by Paddy Bonbear, and yeah we're here to preview this game week coming off the back of a double game week that was good for some City players not so good for others wasn't it
0: yeah it was a, um, a very productive weekend for Sergio Aguero and all his captainers uh, he was not quite the same in midweek uh, could have got a massive score but no no luck there um, and the reverse was true for Americ Laporte who showed up in a big way against Everton goal assist I think Laporte got 20 points and Aguero 19 so if you had one of them as captain you were pretty much in a good position and if you had Leroy Sane our I mean, condolences yeah, 1.59 minutes I didn't do much better, actually, with De Bruyne as captain, considering he actually played very well on the weekend and then was cruelly denied a late assist in midweek, but I'm obviously not better.
7: I know De Bruyne even took to Twitter to tweet at the fancy Premier League Twitter account yeah. with a confused emoji after they didn't give the assist for Gabriel Jesus' goal to him. Quite right, too. Um, so, yeah, looking ahead to game 26, who's got good games in the next few weeks, do you think? I, I mean, Arsenal look good to me. Beyond Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who who would you consider getting in?
0: I don't know. It's always tough with Arsenal. You don't really trust their defence, do you? So maybe a defender with some attacking ability. Kolasinac has been useful. Does Monreal's return threaten his position? Always a tricky one. If I were to go Arsenal, I think I would play it safe, uh, go for Aubameyang. And if I had Aguero, I'd probably sell him.
7: Yeah, OK. And I like the look of Wolves. We, we, we all love Wolves, don't we? I mean, their defence is good. Doherty and Johnny are just brilliant from wing-back. Jimenez is getting the goals and Diego Schotter finally is fulfilling that promise that we all thought he was going to do in pre-season. Their games have got Newcastle, Bournemouth, Hudsfield and Cardiff, so they could run riot, I
0: think. Bargains everywhere. Doherty managed to get a brace in the cup in the week as well. He is truly the new Marcus Alonso.
7: There is no stopping him. Um, So speaking of Marcus Alonso, Chelsea, meanwhile... I think,
0: avoid. Yeah, they're one of four teams that have a blank coming up next week. In the meantime, they play Man City. Um, City also have a blank, and obviously with those playing each other, it wouldn't be a bad time to start selling the expensive players from those teams. Not wholesale, but make sure you don't have too many blankers coming up, because that's going to come back to bite you next week. Eden Hazard, do you think? Yeah, he can go, I think, despite his efforts against Huddersfield. He made it slightly difficult with that performance, uh, playing well with Higuain. But... I think you can sell and buy back at the same price so no problems
7: quick quiz who are the top two most informed players
0: in Fantasy Premier League Ooh, how big was this week Laporte Nope. no uh, maybe Jota second Ooh. and Jimenez no Ooh, where am I looking uh, down south South Southampton Ward Prowse yes oh is he really Prowse, he's been playing so well he has he has I mean yeah has no
7: was working wonders but I mean they've got a tough run so that's not me suggesting you should get to Ward Prowse <laughs> but it's interesting nonetheless don't forget that you can sign up for the sweeper which is our weekly email at thetimes.co.uk forward slash fantasy football or you can join the Facebook group just search for the sweeper on Facebook and we will approve you as a member and you can chuck questions or your teams ask for our tips and we will get back to you good luck
2: It is time now for our weekly predictions game, where last week, Gab, you were victorious, so you reduced the deficit to 12-7 in my favour this season. You're not giving me
3: the bonuses for getting...
2: There are no bonuses, no. That's fine. I don't need the bonuses. That's That's fine. fine. Okay. All right. Well, let's see how you get on this week, then. Let's start with the game at Salhurst Park. Crystal Palace taking on West Ham.
3: Palace now with that mighty front line. Townsend zaha who by the way did you know did you know wilfred zaha he only went to china
2: no tell us more
3: no he was just offered a ton of money um uh, so or so i'm told and he opted to stay put uh because of his love of palace no i think probably because you know he he wants to play in the premier league and, and not in china um west ham coming off that result but still missing a number of number of players i'm not 100 sure about them coming back it's a tough one um i'm gonna go for a palace victory though one nil
2: oh okay Uh, i actually think west ham could get something out of it but i'm gonna go for a draw one one brighton and
3: burnley at Mm. half past five on saturday bet you're pumped hyped and (laughs) amped for this one after (laughs) watching brighton last night
2: well, one thing I will say is Chris Hewton made 10 changes for that FA Cup game at West Brom. So hopefully uh, the changes he makes for this Premier League game will do a lot better. Try so if
3: I jump in there. Please do. Championship expert. Oh, um, don't say that. <laughs> OK, so Hewton makes 10 changes. Yep. Aren't West Brom really good and doing really well?
2: They are, yeah. They're fourth, I think, in the championship. So but the, he the, also made about seven changes. He also down, made a whole lot of chances, or, right? Yeah. So, that's
3: a, so it does, you, we, we shouldn't read anything into this result.
2: No, not really. It's I mean, it there's still
3: some massive gulf between the Premier no, League and the Championship. No, okay. definitely
2: not. And Glenn Murray was brought on for Brighton. Dwight Gale never came on. He was on the bench, but never came on. So maybe Darren Moore just decided that this wasn't for them.
3: Have him rest up for this weekend's exact. match against Rotherham or Bolton, or somebody <laughs> equally talented.
2: Indeed. As it is, it is the 5.30 game at the Amex, Brighton against Burnley. I don't know why, but I just have a feeling there could be goals in this one. So I've gone for a 2-2 draw. Don't know why. That's what I'm plumping for. I'll go
3: for Brighton to win because, because I like Chris Hute he's a nice, calm man. And I'm going to go 2-0.
2: Mm, OK. Uh, we've been uh, speaking about the game on Sunday at the Etihad, Manchester City against Chelsea. You go first, Gab.
3: The momentum's all with, with, with City, obviously, and they need the points, but I don't know. This is such a huge test, I think, for Chelsea and you know, they did it against Huddersfield. Can they do it with against the team at the other end of the table? I'm gonna say yes, and I'm gonna say one one.
2: Ooh, okay. Well I think City will win this one, but I do think Chelsea will score. I'm plumping for a two one win for Pep's men.
3: Sheffield Wednesday, which was the first match in charge for Steve Bruce after after his time off being appointed in early January. At home. And, Oh, he's already had a, an away game. No, they won at Ipswich. Wow, the excitement. are Ipswich really, really bad? Yeah, they're bottom. Okay. Yeah. So somebody against Reading, who are also near the bottom, although I've been reliably info- informed, that because Ipswich are basically a League One club already, and Bolton are imploding under the weight of Dean Holdsworth, and the people came after, and, and there's all sorts of strife there, and Rotherham are small and difficult to find on a map, that <laughs> Reading are going to stay up. Is that is that true? Is it basically a dead cert that those three are going down?
1: Well, uh,
2: I don't know about that. I mean, obviously Rotherham are just outside the relegation zone. It is Ipswich. So they're ahead of Reading. Rotherham. Yes, by oh. a point. It is uh, Ipswich, Bolton, and Reading in the bottom three. I gotcha. mean, Reading have had a torrid time, haven't they? It's
3: not been good. The new manager's not not lifted them.
2: Not really. Should they
3: bring Paul Clement back?
2: <laughs> Were they too quick to get rid of Paul Clement?
3: Mm. Mm, who knows? So. Well, Sheffield went there just sort of in irrelevant mid-table oblivion, mid-table right? Mid-table obscurity. Okay. So it seems like a, a good place for, for Steve Bruce to go and maybe build something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go for the draw, nil-nil.
2: Are you? Well, I, I think first home game for Steve Bruce. I think they'll be pumped and raring to go. I'm going for a 1-nil win, though. <laughs> Finally, then, the Madrid derby. Ooh.
3: Atleti against Real Madrid, this is a huge period for Real Madrid. Obviously, they, they played uh, Barcelona in the Copa del Rey uh, in midweek. They're playing them again, and then they have the League Classic. I think they played them like three times in um, in, in February. Atletico are so Griezmann-dependent right now. It's not even funny. They had a chance uh, at the weekend to to go and gain points against Barcelona. I really expected them to, but... They, they, they were they were just terrible. They're, it's like nobody does anything other than, than Griezmann going forward. You feel like it's kind of the end of Chalismo. Um Karim Benzema scoring goals for Real Madrid again, which people assume it would happen. I think this is one of those games though where Atletico. I just have a feeling that they go and they just sit deep, grind you down. All Black makes a bunch of saves and. Whether it's Griezmann or a set-piece, Atleti nicks a goal and win 1-0.
2: Well, Atletico Madrid have a great record at home. They haven't lost. They've won nine uh, of their uh, 11 games at home. All their defeats have come away from home, only two. So they've done pretty well in the league. They are second. Real Madrid behind them, two points behind them in third. (sighs) I think this is a tough one to call. I actually am going to go for a 1-1 draw. So it is just time for us to give you the answer to Bill Edgar's trivia teaser we asked the leading two Premier League goal scorers this season are African Mo Salah of Liverpool and Egypt and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang of Arsenal and Gabon now the top two scorers in the 2006-07 season were also both African Chelsea's Didier Drogba was one but who was the other?
5: No
3: I had
2: guessed you did you, you rattled off a few names but Adabayor was the one you really were plumping before. That's right. I'm guessing it wasn't, because I, I Bill just didn't. There was no reaction what was whatsoever. So
3: so unflappable. It's so difficult. Poker face. So, yeah, I had Atabayor and Yakubu. Those mm. were my those are my guys.
2: Should we
5: ask for a clue? You told us it's not Yakubu, yes.
2: Okay, is it, is is afraid... it is
3: somebody taller than Adabayor?
5: Uh I would think he's he's shorter, two or three inches shorter than Adibayor, I oh. think. Yeah, that really narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> of shorter than
2: you asked the question.
5: <laughs> um but, uh you haven't mentioned his name yet. Uh, he was playing for Blackburn as one clue. Well but
3: Yakubu played for Blackburn. Uh, but it wasn't we yeah. haven't yeah, mentioned him. mentioned
2: him. Okay, so Blackburn. Um
5: And he's from Cape Town.
2: (gasps) South Africa. Oh, Benny
5: Benny Mac. Yes. (laughs) Correct.
2: Benny McCarthy. That's a good one. Well done, Bill. Uh, That is it for now. Many thanks to our guests today, Bill Edgar, Martin Ziegler and Henry Winter.
3: Remember, you can subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times as well. If you do that, you'll enjoy award-winning journalism online and on your smartphone or tablet. Search The Time subscription for more information. If you put it in quotes, Natalie, that might be a good idea. When when Googling, did you know that? that if you put it in quotes, you get the actual term rather than the individual ones.
2: Oh, I see. Yes, okay. Yes, I like.
3: That search engine knowledge. So it'll be
2: quicker if you do that.
3: Exactly. Fabulous.
2: And we're going to be back on Monday. And guess what's back?
3: The champions. The champions league. I love it. I love, league. it. I love it. Here we go. Knockouts. Um, yeah. this is where it gets interesting.
2: Go. So we'll be back then.
7: Fired up. The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information and more podcasts from The Times, head to
6: thetimes.co.uk.